work going on there is quite uh, alive and thriving, and uh, I'm sure he's very proud of his boys being involved in the ministry, and uh, I don't know how the one's going to go to uh, Australia. You know, they don't speak Spanish there in Australia, <laughs> so he's going to have to <laughs> learn a new language there when he gets to Australia. Even worse English than what we speak <laughs> here in America, so... <laughs> So, all right, well, let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 17 this evening. We're going to finish the, the uh, uh, test of Elijah. Uh, remember we talked uh, this morning about Mount Carmel and the excitement of Mount Carmel and the victory at Mount Carmel, uh, but that was all brought to pass. It all came about because of the testing, the growth, the maturity that Elijah faced as, as he was uh, 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 getting ready, as God was preparing him for that confrontation there with King Ahab uh, there on Mount Carmel there. So uh, God, we've seen this morning the God's testing at the brook. Uh, we've seen him testing uh, Elijah uh, with his providence and his supply. We've seen him testing him uh, with obedience, his obedience, and we've seen him testing uh, Elijah uh, with, the, with the dried up brook as the dried up brook happened and whether Elijah could still trust on the one that was being the supplier and not so much trusting in the supplies here. So uh, today we're going to look at, or tonight we're looking at uh, the next story here in, in uh, verse number 8. picks up that uh, God tells Elijah to go to Zarephath. And so let's read uh, 1 Kings chapter 17 and we'll start at verse number 8 and go to verse number 16 here. And the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, Arise, get thee to Zarephath, which belongeth to Zidon, and dwell there. Behold, I have commanded a widow woman there to sustain thee. So he rose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gates of the city, behold, the widow woman was there gathering of sticks. And he called to her and said, Fetch me, I pray thee, a little water in a vessel that I may drink. And as she was going to fetch it, he called to her and, 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 and said, Bring me, I pray thee, a morsel of bread a, a, in thine hand. And she said, As the Lord thy God liveth, I, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I am gathering two sticks that I may go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said unto her, Fear not. Go and do as thou hast said, but make me there, thereof a little cake first, and bring it unto me, and after make for thee and for thy son. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruse of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. And she went and did according to the saying of Elijah, and, and she and he and her house did eat many days. And the barrel of oil of meal wasted not, neither did the cruise of oil fail, according to the word of the Lord, which he had spake by Elijah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, uh, again, we come, come today, Lord, uh, just uh, praising you and thanking you uh, for your mighty work, for your blessings, for your supply in our lives, Lord. But as we learned this morning, we, we need to focus on you. Our soul needs you so badly. And what we need to, to realize how desperate we are for, for your love, for your guidance, for your provisions and your supply. And Lord, as we look here at the second test in Elijah's life, Lord, help us to see uh, what you have for us here. Again, Lord, I, I ask you to, to take my words, Lord, and uh, uh, make them yours. Uh, Lord, may they be your words. May the Holy Spirit empower them. May, may they fill our hearts and our minds. Uh, Lord, may, may our lives be changed 
because of what the Holy Spirit reveals to us tonight. We just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So in God's mighty providence, in his, uh, uh, they use a the term here, alchemy, uh, in, in his uh, chemistry of the way God works, uh, uh, we see Elijah's testing and God maturing Elijah through these testing. And this testing here, as, as we go along, the testing was about growing and maturing Elijah, but it had more impact than that because it also had to do with expanding uh, Elijah's ministry to make him a more effective minister, to, to make him uh, 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 show God and, and God's mercy and love to other people around him. And so uh, the, this stretching, this, this growth had to do with ministry as we'll see and we go through here. And, and when God works in our lives, uh, when he, he gives us and he blesses us, when he, he instructs us, those things are, are for our good, but it also is for the benefit of people around us that they might see Christ, they may, that we can glorify God in our lives and they can understand uh, how great a God we, we love and we serve here. Um, uh, so uh, God here is, is preparing Elijah for service. He tells him here in, the first, in, the, in verse number 9, go to Zarephath of Sidon and stay there. Uh, you know, uh, Elijah had been waiting. We learned as the brook had dried up, he didn't, he didn't leave the brook. He, he stayed there even though the brook was drying up. Uh, uh, he knew God had told him to stay there, and he knew God would tell him when to leave there. And so he had stayed there, and sure enough, God comes and gives him the instructions of what to do. You know, if Elijah had been out looking for a well or for some more water or a different, uh, different water supply, uh, uh, different provisions, he, he might have missed the call of God there and, and God telling him where to go next. He might not have heard those instructions and not, might not have been able to do what God told him to do if he hadn't been trusting God and staying where God had put him. But, uh, you know, when we are faithful in the little things, when we do the little things God tells us to do, and we think they might not be important, we may think they're too small uh, to, to take any notice to, but when we're faithful in those little things, then God is going to make us faithful in bigger things. He's going to give us and expand uh, those things that he wants for us to do when he finds us faithful in those little things. You know, uh, uh, God moved Elijah. Uh, from, from the brook here to a small but a very important ministry there in Zarephath. He, he, he has a greater uh, uh, test here for, for Elijah's uh, uh, obedience here. You know, Mount Carmel was coming, but it wasn't there yet. My, Elijah had, had went through the test at the brook. He still had one more test to go. He had this test uh, with the widow here uh, before he was ready for that great victory there at, at Mount Carmel here. Um, so, you know, here we see God talk to, to uh, uh, Elijah through direct revelation. You know, he spoke directly to Elijah and said, I need you to go to Zarephath. Don't we wish sometimes God would give us instructions that way, you know, so we knew exactly what God wanted, you know? He left us his word, though. He gives us instructions through his word, and he gives us instruction through, through the church, through the people that, that we uh, love and associate with here. He gives us direction for that way. But, but he also gives us direction in, in the things that we, we enjoy doing and, and the things that he's given us the abilities to do. He directs us in that way and, and gives us direction in, in those things as well. But, uh, of course, in the last thing, he always gives us the Holy Spirit to guide and direct us. 
And of course, the Holy Spirit is never going to tell us something to do something that goes contrary to the Word of God. He's always going to instruct us. His instructions will always be true to what the Word of God says. But he's given those things. But he spoke directly here to Elijah and told Elijah, go to Zarephath. And, uh, um, and, and he didn't hesitate. That was God speaking to him. He knew exactly what God wanted him to do. He gets up and we find him going to Zarephath. Now, stop for a minute because, you know, Zarephath... That doesn't really mean a whole lot to us, but Zarephath has special meaning, especially to Elijah, because Zarephath was uh, a city there in uh, Sidon, Phoenicia, which if you know much about Queen Jezebel, that was her hometown. That was her home area right there in, in, in Zarephath. That's where, where Queen Jezebel you remember who Queen Jezebel, right? You remember, I'm, I hope I'm not assuming that you know the story <laughs> better than you do, but that, she's the one that was wanting to kill all the prophets. You know, the, the prophets of Baal were her uh, uh, group, you know. Uh, and so this is where Queen Jezebel lived. Not only was it where Queen Jezebel came from, but why do you think she brought the worship of Baal with her? Because this was like the home city of Baal. Of, 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 of worshiping Baal. This is where that worship had, had kind of started, where it was flourished. One of the, the main center place of, of Baal worship was there. I find it interesting that Baal, Baal is, is, is like the, the farm god, the, the, the rain god, the god of the storms, okay? Uh, um, and I love all through scripture, God's humor. You know, when, when he, he goes to uh, uh, show people that he is really the one true God, that he is the most powerful God, he, he always will attack or he will always go to these false gods that are there. And so, you know, here, just can you see the irony of it all? You know, here's the Baal, the storm god. And God says, guess what? There's no rain. I'm not going to let any rain come. And they pray to their Baal god all day long. They said, God, you, Baal, you're the god of the storms. God, Baal, bring us some rain. Bring us a storm. God says, no, there's no storm. <laughs> and there is no storm. He did the same thing in the 10 plagues in Egypt. You know, all those 10 plagues in Egypt were direct attacks against gods that were uh, these false gods uh, uh, of Egypt. They were direct attacks at every one of those gods uh, that Egypt uh, worshipped and, and stood behind. And so uh, he, he, I just love God's humor and the way he works a lot of times. And, but sometimes we just read lightly over things and we kind of miss some of those things. But this, this was a, a very, very uh, daunting place really for Elijah to go. So you can imagine Elijah had a little discomfort as he was going to Zarephath. You know, I'm going into the enemy territory here. You know, I'm going to Queen Jezebel's home, you know, uh, into, into, the, into where all these false uh, uh, people are, 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 are practicing uh, false worship here. Uh, but again, as we learned this morning, you know, God supplies our needs. He, he, he was going to give Elijah everything he needed. He was going to supply his needs. But one thing we got to realize when God supplies our needs, a lot of times it's not just supplying our needs. A lot of times him blessing us is so that blessing will spill over and bless others as well in our lives. And we got to be, I don't know about careful, but we got to be aware that we're not just kind of grabbing everything that God is blessing us with and that we're not sharing that. We're not letting that spill over to show God's glory uh, to people around us. And we're going to see that in, in Elijah's life as he goes into uh, uh, this, this uh, uh, city of, uh, of uh, uh, Zarephath. Um, uh, you know, humans, this goes totally against our human thinking. You know, 
giving somebody out of our blessings, you know. We're always concerned about, you know, my job, right? It's my job. We're, we're concerned about my career. We're concerned about my family. We're concerned about my happiness, my comfort, my family, my, you know, you fill in the blanks there. You know, it, it's always about what, what I have, what is going to benefit me, what's about me, and not so much about what others are going to receive from this at all. Uh, but Elijah is going, going to notice that. So, um, uh, um, God is going to supply what Elijah needed. Elijah was told to stay or to dwell there in Zarephath. He says, I've commanded a widow to supply all your food. But as we read the story, did it seem like that widow was really ready for uh, Elijah to come to, to uh, Zarephath? What's she out doing? She's out trying to find sticks to start a fire to cook her last meal, right? She's ready, getting ready to die. She's not really, he's really ready to, to, to take the Elijah and, and accept Elijah. And uh, what, what would make Elijah stop and pick this lady, this uh, humble lady that's a uh, poor downcast? She's just out there picking up sticks. Why would Elijah stop and talk to her? But, uh, you know, God uses our circumstances. He uses natural things going on in our lives to, and weaves them into his purpose. Uh, he, he delights in, in, in uh, uh, making gracious provisions and, and uh, sometimes the instruments with instruments that we, we never dream of, you know. You know, sometimes we go to college, we think we're doing all that, but God has put us through college and he gives us a college degree and God can use that when it's done in His will. Uh, we uh, uh, create, a, we have a vocation that we've been uh, uh, talented enough, and God has blessed us enough to open the doors and let us get into a vocation. And, and those are all for God's pleasure, for His purpose, uh, so we can bless others with those. When and 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 for our own blessing, we invest in our pension funds for for retirement. And those things are all good, and they're, they're smart and wise when they're done within God's wills. But so many times when God supplies, he supplies totally outside the realm of what we're thinking. He supplies totally outside of our planning and, and, and our forethought. He, he, he totally takes something totally unusual and, and blesses us. And why does he do that? We've seen that so many times in Scripture. He does that so we can't say, hey, look. I got myself through college, man. I was just pretty bright, you know. I did really good. I, I, I've put away a lot of money for my retirement. Now I can retire in style. And, and it, we don't want to make it about us. God wants us to know that, hey, guess what? This couldn't have happened if it wasn't for me. He wants to take away all doubt. Remember the battle with, uh, what was it, Gideon? Uh, you know, no, you got too many soldiers. I don't want you to think, I don't want people thinking that, that you, you took, you know, 300,000 people to this battle, even though they were still outnumbered, but you won because you had a great soldier. He brought it clear down until they had 300, a, a ridiculous number of people to go against thousands and thousands of, of, of enemies there so that when they won the battle, there was no question who brought the victory. It was God that brought the victory. And God does that in our lives so many times. He blesses us. In, in unusual ways, so we can't say, hey, look what I did. Hey, look at the great things that I did, how smart I was, the planning I had. No, it was God. God did that in my life. God was the one that blessed me in this way. And we see that with, the, with Elijah here in this little, this, young, this little lady here inside on this Gentile woman here. You know, God chooses the foolish things in life to confound the wise, doesn't he? 
tells us in 1 Corinthians 1, 27, but God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God hath chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty, and base things of the world and things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and things which are not to, to, uh, are not to bring to not things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. He doesn't want us to brag about what's happening because God's used the, the little things. You know, so when somebody comes and asks you to do something, he's, I don't feel qualified to do that. Well, you're the perfect candidate. <laughs> you're the perfect candidate for what God wants done, for what God wants to happen here. He, he, he regularly uses those, those off things to shame the people in this world that think they're so intellectual and so wise, he uses those little things, those, those uh, uh, obscure things to confound them and, and confuse them and, and let them see uh, God's glory in everything that's done. You know, think about that. As you walked into Zarephath and you were walking down the road and you come to this little lady out there picking up sticks off the ground and, you know, if she's about ready to die, you know, she's probably pretty frail. She's probably pretty skinny and thin and, 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 and destitute. Her clothes were probably pretty worn. I mean, what would you have done? Would you, like, you know, a poor lady and kept on walking and to find out where the person that, that God had promised was going to bless me and, and feed me in this city? You, you probably would have just kept on going to find somebody else. Um, but, you know, God, God humbles us on a regular basis and, 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 and causes us to, to, to receive blessings from places that we don't even think that they're going to come from. You remember all the people in, the, in, this, in this time, they were starving. You know, we had a famine here. Uh, I, I don't know exactly how long it had been going on. I know the famine lasted for a total of three years. And he lived with this woman for a while uh, being fed. So maybe two years into the famine, maybe a year and a half into the famine, into this drought uh, and the famine that was had was there. And, and, and they focused on the fact that there was no bread. You know, bread in the Bible, what does that picture for us? It pictures the Word of God, doesn't it? And Israel was in a famine. They, they, they were turning away from the Word of God, what God said. They weren't listening to what God told them. And so there was a famine of bread in the land to remind the people that, hey, you need to listen to God, what God is trying to tell you, and to do what God is, is telling you here. Um, and and he, brought, he brought that all about. Um, oh, let's see, I lost my place. You know that all that brings us to warning today. I mean, do we have do we hear the warning in, in the verses today? Are we have are we having a famine in our lives? Are we listening to the word of God and what God is telling us to do? Uh, um, you know, uh, uh, we have great responsibility to make sure we have got the gospel message and we're getting that gospel message out everywhere uh, that, that we go and everywhere uh, that we can touch. We need to make sure we're portraying the gospel to everyone here. So as the story goes on here, uh, we learn about the miracle that God did at Zarephath by Elijah's hands. He had obediently waited by the brook. Uh, he had moved when God told him to move. He had went to Zarephath. Uh, and here he comes to this woman uh, that, that God intended him to stay with. Um, but how did, he get, how did he know? Again, how did he know that this was the person that he was supposed to stay with? And, uh, you know, we need to learn to walk by faith. Uh, sometimes we don't see the whole picture. 
We don't need to know what's coming next. We just need to take one step at a time. I always like the picture in Psalms, you know, that word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. And that picture of a lantern, you know, as, as you, as, as, you know, we're, we're, most of us aren't old enough to remember walking around and farming with a lantern out there. But when you had a lantern, you didn't see very far. It wasn't like having one of those torches on, uh, that they show on TV, you know, they could show a half a mile away, you know. It, it gave you a couple steps. And as you walked along, you took two steps, and guess what? You could see the next two steps and the next two steps. But if you want, said, I can't go anywhere because I can't see what's you know, you know, 30 foot down the road, then you weren't ever going to go anywhere. But if you just kept taking a step at a time, and that's what God does for us. He reveals one step at a time, and if we just take that step, he'll show us the next step and the next step and the next step, and, and we'll get where God wants us to go. But if we just stand there afraid, uh, standing there in our fear because I can't see what the end result is going to be, we'll never take that next step. We'll never take the next step. And we'll never accomplish those things that God, God wants us to do. But, um, uh, 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 but this woman was gathering sticks here. Uh, this woman of humble means. Um, uh, and and uh, Elijah stops and talks to her and uh, asks her, first of all, you know, bring me some water. Bring me some water. How many times do you remember men in the Bible stopping uh, and asking the woman to bring him water? You know, Rebecca at the well. Uh, <laughs> there's so, so many stories in the Bible uh, that, that got started that way. He asked the woman and to bring him some water. And so, oh, sure, okay. So she goes to get him some water. And while she's going, oh, hey, by the way, can you bring me a piece of bread to eat? Can you bring me some bread to eat? And the lady, of course, turns around and looks at him and, and, and says, I, I don't have any bread. I, I have a, enough meal and some oil to make a bread for my, my son and for myself, and then we're going to die. Look at verse 14 again. For thus saith the Lord of Israel. Here was a lady that wasn't in Israel that was in a bad place, but yet she sounded like she listened to what God said. Thus saith the Lord of Israel. Or I'm sorry, this was uh, uh, Elijah saying this. Uh, let's back up here. Verse number 12, and she said, as the Lord thy God liveth, I have not a cake, but a handful of meal in a barrel and a little oil in a cruise. And behold, I, am gathered, I have gathered two sticks that I might go in and dress it for me and my son, that we may eat it and die. That's a pretty desperate situation. I mean, I don't think any of us have been close. We may have been down to peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for a while, but I don't think it was like, I'm going to go home, prepare my last peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then I'm going to die. You know, I don't think it's been quite that desperate. This lady was in very desperate straits. Uh, it probably was like they had been barely surviving on probably one piece of bread a day you know, for, for months and now that they were down to their last one, there was going to be no surviving. They had done everything. They had exhausted every possibility to continue on with their life. And this was the last piece they had. And Elijah responds to her with compassion and faith there as we pick up in 14 where I had started before. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel. You know, it wasn't Elijah saying, Listen, I'm commanding you. I'm the prophet here. I'm the one that's telling you to do this. No, this was God telling them, commanding. As the Lord God of Israel, the barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail until the day that the Lord sendeth rain from above here. And what a blessing that she would go. And, you know, first of all, she was supposed to prepare the meal, though, for Elijah. And then go back and prepare the meal for herself. 
imagine as she prepared that, that meal for that, that bread for Elijah, she poured out the meal, poured out the oil, and she says, there's no more. I don't have a meal to prepare for me and my son. But she brought the bread to Elijah, and Elijah ate, and then she goes back. And lo and behold, there's bread and there's meal. There's meal and there's oil again for her and her son to prepare. And I find a blessing, you know, later on, Elijah's going to go to a lady's house and they're going to bring cruises and cruises of, of barrels in there and fill them with oils, you know, so that they, they can sell the, sell the, the uh, uh, oil and pay off the debtors. You know, uh, God took a, two, two loaves and five fish, you know, five breads and two fishes and fed 5,000 people, you know, with them. But we don't see that here. God did not say, well, I'm gonna, this barrel is just going to start overflowing with meal and the oil is just going to start flowing out. I, I think every day it was like I poured out the meal, I poured out the oil. We've got enough for today. The next morning they got up, there was enough for another day and another day. God was wanting them to look to him as the supplier and not focus on the supplies. He wanted them to focus on their need for God, on the bread of life, on the oil, the Holy Spirit. He wanted them to focus on those needs. You know, John 10.10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. And here Jesus had come that we might have life and have a full life with eternal security. Elijah had come to this woman and her son and blessed them and they, they had received uh, the gift of life because he had obeyed and followed what God had done. And because God was blessing Elijah, this woman and her son were also blessed because of that. You know, sometimes people's blessings just require uh, like a Johnny on the spot, somebody to be there, somebody that, that is willing to, to, to accept the blessings that God has had, but share that with, with, with the people around us. Uh, you know, who, who are we going to be a blessing to this week, this month, this year? Are we going to take what God has given us and be a blessing to them? Who is God directing us to? Um, can you imagine the surprise, you know, every morning? As, as a young girl, a young boy, and, and, his, and this widow of Zarephath woke up and came to the jar of flour and oil and found out, hey, it's not all gone. I, I imagine probably got to be a little game with the boy. I can imagine, I can just see him every morning waking up at six and four o'clock in the morning, running there, mom, it's not empty, it's not empty, we can have another meal. You know, so excited about those things and, 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 and what uh, joy it brought them as God multiplied those things and what a testimony uh, of God and his power and his supply that it provided for, for them and those around them. You know, our age today is characterized much in the same way as Israel here during this time. As, as a nation, you know, we once were believers in God. We were a Christian nation. And yet America has so much turned its back on God that, that we're in a drought of, of, of the bread of life. We're in a drought of the oil. And God needs to bring us back to, to a, a, a memory and realize what we're missing in our life. You know, it's great that we're all in America and we want to make America great again. But, you know, we need to remember that we are not citizens of America first. Our first priority is that we're citizens of a heavenly kingdom. We're citizens of heaven along with Jesus. And that's our first, uh, our first citizenship that we have. And then we're citizens of the USA. Second to that. And so all of our focus should really be on what, what does God want? As a citizen of heaven, what is God directing us to do? Where does he want us to go? 
You know, as God's children, we need to look past our immediate circumstances. So many times we get focused on what is happening right now and what's, what's happening in our lives at this moment that, that we kind of get focused and start drawing everything into ourselves. And we forget to take what God is blessing us with, what God is using us for, and sharing that with others around us. Because as we share that with others around us, then God's just going to bless us more. And we can share more. And as he sees we're faithful with that, he'll bless us more so we can share even more. But we have to quit looking at our circumstances and go, oh, man, how am I going to get by? What's going to happen? I, I can't do that. I, I can't go any further. I, I, can't, I can't give any more than what I'm giving. I, I can't help that people. I don't have enough time. And, and, and when we start focusing on ourselves, then, then we, we've missed the opportunity to be a blessing to those around us. We limit God's infinite supply when we act on what we can only see. If we're, if we're so blinded by only what we can see, we don't realize, you know, that doesn't begin to touch what God is able to bless us with. He owns the cattle on a thousand hill. I love the verse that says out of his, out of his abundance, he's going to bless us, you know? How, how can we put a limit to that? You know, they're, they're, that's, that's an infinite blessing that's available to us. But God wants to be, see that we're faithful in a little and go on. We need to quit focusing on our immediate circumstances. But also, as Christians here today, uh, we need to realize God will provide everything that we need out of his riches but he gives us those things, and it's kind of a double whammy there. It's kind of a double uh, 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 blessing there in that because what he gives us, he's expecting us to share that, to minister to others, to be a blessing to others, to provide for others so that they can also experience the love of God, the grace of God, the, the mercy of God. They can, they can revel in, in, in his glory as well as we do when we share the things that God has blessed us with. So as we look at what the, the widow of Zarephath, as Elijah came through and he agreed to go to Zarephath, the question comes to us today, and the question I want to leave us today, especially as we're getting ready to start Missions Month this year, where is God asking you to be, be of service? Where does God want you to be of service? That doesn't mean it's in Africa. It doesn't mean it's in Australia or Germany. It doesn't even mean you have to go to a far country of Texas, you know? <laughs> we can be a ministry here. But who is God wanting us to be a minister to? Have we looked around, uh, around us and looked at people that we come across and say, you know, is there some need I can meet there? Is there some way I can bless their lives so they can see and receive God's blessing as well? Elijah and, the, and this, this widow woman, they enjoyed years of meals and how many people did they share that with and tell about God's miracle and God's glory and, and, and God's power and his supply? And God enriches us, bless, enriches us with his blessings every day. Every day. And do we share that with those around us? Do we use the things that he's blessed us with to, to, to return that blessing? Where is God asking you to be of service? I ask you to think about that. And then go out and share what God has given us. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day where we see what Elijah, uh, you did testing Elijah. And Lord, you test even us every day where we, we, we look to you for our, our 